Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. Right now, you're about to listen to a message from our current series. Thanks for tuning in today. We're going to start out today in Philippians chapter 2. As always, I'm going to go back and kind of recap and and lay the foundation. We started out this series Wednesday night on the name of Jesus, on that, that there's power in this name. Today we're going to talk about three times to use the name of Jesus. But before we get into that, on Wednesday night we talked about and just really laid a foundation with how, you know, that there's, there's power in a name, right? So, so even, even God's name, you know, Adam uh, and Eve were put on earth, and then it wasn't until 2,500 years later when, when God spoke to Moses in a burning bush, that's the first time that God actually shared his name. You think about that, because there was just such power, such authority, such reverence and respect, and, you know, he was telling Moses, he said, hey, you're going you're gonna to deliver the, the Israelites, you're going to go to Pharaoh and, and, and the Egyptians, and you're going to tell, tell him to let my people go. And so when, when Moses asked, he said, well, when I come and talk to, to him, who, who do I say sent me? And he said, tell him I am who I am. And his name was Yahweh, right? And in the Old Testament, it was so reverenced and so revered, they actually spelled his name Y-H-W-H because they wanted to make sure that they weren't making any mistakes. Matter of fact, the third commandment, it even says this. It says, you will not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. We learned Wednesday night that that word vain means worthless, empty, or meaningless. So, so many times today, you know, you respond with like an OMG or, or just these, these word choices that we use. And again, not to make you crazy and whatnot, but again, there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in God's name. And that's what we looked at on Wednesday night. Matter of fact, there was such power in the name of Jesus that in the book of Acts, in chapter 3, when, when Peter, when he healed the lame man, he said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give to you in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And, and because of that miracle that happened, those religious leaders, the, the spirit of Antichrist was so strong at that time that they wanted to do everything they could to shut down that name of Jesus. They thought they had, had already shut it down because they crucified him. But again, here's these people, these disciples, Peter and James and John, they're still talking about the name of Jesus. And that name Jesus, it means Yahweh saves or, or the Lord is salvation. That word saved means saved, obviously saved to heaven. A lot of times I tell people it means you're saved from yourself, saved from your stinking thinking. You know, I was 28 years old when I got born again, 28 years of garbage going in, and that took time, you know, to regenerate and renew my mind, but it also means healing. It, it means rescued. You know, as Angie shared her testimony, being, being rescued, be, being protected, and, and being delivered. There's power in the name of Jesus. Say Jesus this morning. Jesus, there's power in that name, just speaking that name of Jesus. And I, I wrote a few notes that Jesus' name is powerful because of who he was, who he is, and what he's done. Now, he was the son of God. Now, he wasn't just the son of God, but he was also God, right? He came to the earth. It's the gospel. He came to the earth as a man. He lived the life that we couldn't live. It was a perfect, sinless life, right? Amen. He died the death that, that we should have died, Right? We talked about that uh, last Sunday. Pastor Mike talked about Resurrection Sunday, and praise God, he was resurrected from the dead. And right now, he's seated at the right hand of the Father. And it says he's coming back again to judge the living and the dead. He says, will I find faith in the earth? Will he find faith at Faith Family Church? Amen? Amen? Yeah. And he will. Amen? And through his re- re- res- resurrection, he reconciled or, or he built a bridge or a, a relationship so we can have a relationship with 
our Heavenly Father. Amen? And it's through the blood of Jesus and, and through that work on the cross that happened. And again, the, the power of the name of Jesus is demonstrated all throughout the Bible through various miracles that have been done, through various healings and, and supernatural acts. Pastor Mike, what's he always say? You can't explain the supernatural. You can't explain how, how Angie got in that car wreck and her windows and, and her doors weren't open, nothing was broken, but yet she was outside of the vehicle. Amen. It's Jesus. Amen. Try to wrap your head around it. You can. It's the supernatural. Right. And 42 years ago, pastors got a vision from the Lord to build a supernatural church here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and that's why supernatural things happen, because of the vision of what God gave us, but it's the power of the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen? And it's been demonstrated. And we can call on the name of Jesus. We can call on that name in faith. And when we do that, all of heaven's authority, all of heaven's power backs that name. It breaks every chain of bondage. Amen? It, it heals our bodies. It, it heals our minds, and it, it drives out evil spirits. Amen? That's the name of Jesus. Have you found Philippians chapter 2 yet? Verse 9 here. Let's, let's look at this uh, before we really get into the message. It says, Therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. It's above sickness, above cancer, above addiction, above every other name. It's the name of Jesus. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven. That's in the angelic realms angels and demons, and on earth, that's in our realm here, and under the earth, that's talking about hell. Amen? That the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and earth and under the earth, and every tongue will declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. Say, Jesus is Lord. Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. So what's the importance of this? I touched on this Wednesday night, but, but here's the thing. You can look at church in, in three different avenues. One way you can look at church is, is it's like a hospital. You know, you come in and, and Pastor Mike gives you a shot and, and, and you're good for a week or two or, or maybe a month or two, and, but, but then you go out and things get rough again and you come back and you got to get another shot. I think for new people, church is like a hospital. This is the right place to come, amen, amen? but it need, doesn't need to stay as a hospital. Eventually, you want to join the family. That's right. And when you're a part of the family, the family has responsibilities, Right. You know, the meal's prepared, you help serve it, you help clean up afterwards, you help fund the meal, you, you're, you're just involved because a family member, I know in our family, we've got responsibility, we've got rules, we've got boundaries. Amen. So you go from it being a hospital to a family, but ultimately, we want it to go into being an army. Right. Amen? Amen? And in the army, you understand the vision of, of building a supernatural church, you're praying for that vision, you're, you're locked into that vision. And the mission of, of, of teaching faith and building and strengthening the families, that, that's what you're locked into if you're, you're in the army here at Faith Family Church. And you take what it is that you've learned here and you implement that behind the four walls. And that helps you live in victory in your family's life. You know, as a husband or wife, as a parent, you know, in your workplace and doing the things that, that you're taught to do because, again, you're in the army of the Lord. Amen? Amen? And we're to be the hands and feet of Jesus, always taking territory from the kingdom of darkness and bringing it into the kingdom of light. We put pressure on the enemy. He doesn't put pressure on us. Amen? We have dominion. We have authority. We're the victors. We're above. We're not beneath. We're the head and not the tail. But it's in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. So three times here to use the name of Jesus. Turn in your Bibles to Psalms chapter 91. 
So the first time, and, and, and Angie's story was a, an excellent lead into this, but the first time to use the name of Jesus is for supernatural protection. We use the name of Jesus for supernatural protection. The supernatural, you can't explain it. It's above the physical, it's above the natural, it's supernatural. We talked about that in the month of March with miracles. That was a miracle, what happened to her? Psalm 91, verse 14, it says, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name, the name of Jesus. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver, or or that word deliver means rescue him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Again, there's power in the name of Jesus. And again, that that story is an, an exact, what should be your knee-jerk reaction? Anytime you're in adversity or a crisis, it should be speaking out the name of Jesus. I remember when I first got saved, you know, I was in jail, and, and I mean, man, there was definitely demonic opposition in my life. I remember nights where, where I was asleep, and I felt like things were pressuring me and whatnot, and I could hardly even speak out, but I always just learned, somebody told me early on, just speak the name of Jesus, and Jesus, 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 and there was such power in that name that it just, whatever was opposing me left, and it brought peace into my life. That's the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. And this Psalm 91, use it as a prayer prote- protection. So I'm going to be teaching today, but I'm going to give you some practical application as well. Pray this over your household. If there's goofy, weird things going on in your household, if there's strife and whatnot, you know, you need to get that out of there. But this Psalm 91 is a great prayer of protection, but you've got to pray it out loud. You speak it out loud, and it's a great one to pray on a daily basis. Psalm 91, the whole thing. Amen? Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10. You you don't necessarily need to turn there. I'll read it. It says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it. And are safe. The name of Jesus is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Nikki Cruz was an an evangelist who was a gang leader in New York. And this guy named David Wilkerson came up to him to minister to him and and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And and Nikki pulls out a switchblade. For you young people, that means a knife. Back in the day, they had switchblades, right? And David Wilkerson basically took authority. He said, in the name of Jesus. That was his authority. He said, you know what? Even if you cut me to pieces, I'm gonna, every piece of me is gonna love you. And at that name of Jesus, it says, Nikki got down on his knees. Now, this is a gang leader in New York. He got down on his knees and he repented and he gave his life to Jesus. And now he's got a fantastic ministry, Nikki Cruz, but it was at the name of Jesus. There's supernatural protection in that name. Say Jesus. Jesus. Amen. 2 Timothy chapter 4, let's look at, at some protection here in, in the New Testament. Supernatural protection in the name of Jesus is the first time you can use it. 2 Timothy 4, verse 18, it says, And the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Another story, John Hagee. He's a pastor of, uh, of a church down in San Antonio, Texas. Back in 1971, he was talking about deliverance and, and about the, the, uh, the spiritual realm that, that we, we battle and whatnot. And, and a man came into the service and, and came along the side and, and he grabbed a, a hostage. At first, the congregation thought it was like part of the, the sermon message. Well, eventually he started like cursing out loud and, and he brought this hostage up 
and, and put the, the hostage was next to John Hagee up there on the stage, and he said, he said this guy had a pistol, and he was about eight feet away from him. He was so close that he could see the brass, you know, in the revolver, and it was pointed right at him. And John Hagee did what he knew to do. Of course, that guy's bold. He took the Bible, and he started to declare in the name of Jesus that he had authority over him, and this guy end, ended up emptying six rounds at basically a point blank, and none of them hit him. And when the FBI came later, they looked at the trajectory of where the guy was standing and where the bullets were in the wall, and it said the bullets had to, some of them had to have gone right through him. I'm telling you, there's power in the name of Jesus. There's supernatural protection. Now, your carnal mind says, that can't happen. Again, it's supernatural. You can't explain it with your mind. You have to receive it by faith. Amen? That's this, this Bible. There's power in the name of Jesus. Every time you travel, when we hop on an airplane, put our hands on the airplane, we say, we will get to the other side in Jesus' name. Pastor Vicki taught this a long time ago, and we always do that. When you get in your vehicles, command the ministering angels to encamp around those vehicles. Even if you're going a little higher than the speed limit, those angels are faster than that. Amen? There's power in the name of Jesus. So that first time is for supernatural protection. The second time we use the name of Jesus is to put sickness to flight. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 9. And praise God, Faith Family Church is a church that preaches on divine healing. We don't believe that, that all the gifts and, and, and the miracles passed away when, when the, the last apostle died. Amen. Matthew chapter 9, verse 37, it, it says this. Jesus said to his disciples, this is Jesus talking to you and I. He said, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Nothing's changed. The harvest is ripe, but there's few laborers. He said, therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Say, I am a laborer. I am a laborer. Amen. You're a laborer, and I'm a laborer. We're to go out into the harvest field. In Matthew 10, verse 1, it says this. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power or authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases. Jesus has given us that same authority, that same power. That's what we see. What, what did he give him power to do? To, to cast out unclean spirits and to heal. So what was he saying here? He was saying, hey, you go out. You're in the army of the Lord. It's not just me, you know, Jesus doing it, but now it's these 12 out there. It's a multiplication effect where they're out doing the same thing. You pray in my name, in the name of Jesus, and God will do the work. Wednesday night, we talked about a power of attorney. What was he telling them? He was saying, hey, when you go out and you pray for people, when you cast demons out and, and when you pray for healing, it's, it's just as if I were doing the praying. Amen. And that's how it is with us. Amen? If you use this name of Jesus. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 10. So we, we see there what, what he told the, the 12 disciples, the apostles. And again, a lot of people say, hey, after that, it's, it, all this has been passed away. Luke chapter 10 in verse 1, it says, after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others, and he didn't even name them, 70 random people. He appointed, and he sent them out two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. So we have the 12, and now we have the 70. In Luke 10, let's go down to verse 8. It says, whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you, and heal the sick there. That's what he told them to do. And say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. And the awesome thing is, 
is they did what he told them to do. They were, they were obedient. Amen? Let's look down in verse 17 and, and, and see what happened as a result. Verse 17, it says, Then the 70 returned with joy. They were excited. And they said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. So what do we see here? Again, we see Jesus doing the miracles. We see him casting out demons and healing people. And then we see the 12 doing that. And now we see the 70 that are doing it. Yeah. 82 people other than Jesus performing miracles, doing the supernatural. 70 that aren't even an apostle. So what about you and I this morning? Amen? Amen? Mark chapter 16. Let's hammer this down. There's supernatural protection, and we're able to, to heal in this name of Jesus. Mark chapter 16. Right before Jesus ascended, he was telling his disciples, these were the last words that, that he talked to them. And again, he's saying this to you and I. Mark 16, verse 15, he says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You go into your world. Your, your workplace, your household, that's your world. Now, God may expand that world, but for now, that's your world. Amen? So he said to Faith Family Church, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. How many people believe here this morning? Amen. These signs will follow those that believe. In my name, say Jesus. In the name of Jesus, they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. That's what he told the 12 to do, the 70 to do, that's what he's telling us to do. So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. God the Father seated on the throne, Jesus is at his right hand, he sent the Holy Spirit the same Holy Spirit that, that operated through Jesus to do the works of these miracles, that same Holy Spirit that lives and dwells inside of you and me this morning if you're born again here. And verse 20 says, and they obeyed. They went out and they preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Acts 3, I touched on it where, where it said, Peter went out and, and there was the man that was begging for alms and he said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I give, or such as I have, I give to you. What was he saying? I don't have anything, but I've got, the I've got everything in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Amen? And again, we're supposed to be doing what Jesus did. In the name of Jesus, those who believe will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Let's practice here. Say this, be healed. In the name of Jesus. Or say it this way. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Simple. It's all you got to remember. We make this way too complicated. Be healed in the name of Jesus. It's all you got to remember. But you got to do it. You got to activate it. Our job is to pray. God's responsibility is to make the word good. Pastor Mike and I were talking about that a few weeks ago. I said, man, you know, ministering to people at... You know, I'm able to teach the word, but boy, ministering, he's like, no, it's, it's, you're not the one healing them. It's God healing them. But he needs a vessel and an avenue to work through. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. Amen? And I encourage you, I challenge you this month, read through the book of Acts. The Acts of the Holy Spirit. See what the Holy Spirit did through these people, even other than Jesus, and, and, and what he did through their lives. Amen? Read through it in different translations. 
It's awesome. It's, it's just a, an exciting life. This Christian life is not supposed to be boring. Amen. It's not don't do the don'ts and can't do the can'ts. It's, it's what do we get to do? We, we get to have supernatural protection and we get to heal people in the name of Jesus. How, how exciting is that? Amen. Amen? Now this third one. The third thing you get to do with the name of Jesus. You use the name of Jesus to send demons packing. Amen? Luke chapter 9. Turn in your Bibles there. Use the name of Jesus to take authority over demonic or evil spirits and send them packing. How exciting is that? Luke chapter 9, verse 1, it says, Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority. We just read that in in a different scripture. Over all demons and to cure diseases. So he gave them power and authority over demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So what did Jesus give the 12 disciples? Power and authority, right? Cast out demons and to heal the sick. You know, I think of this as a a crossing guard at a school. They've got, they've got power and authority. You know, you just think of a little lady, you know, kind of coming out into the crosswalk with a stop sign. Now, obviously, she does not have the power to stop your car. You know, my wife in her big old SUV, man, she could plow right through her. But she has the authority, and she plows through her with her words some days, you know, but, but come on, you know, why, why do you got to stop me? But, but with that stop sign, She's been given authority by the school system to step out, out there, and of course, we obey that authority. It's just like a police officer. If a, if a stoplight goes down and they're out in the middle, I mean, there's all this traffic, and he's saying, hey, this one, you come, and, and this one, you stop. It's not the power to stop the vehicles. It's the authority that he's been given with that badge. That's spiritual authority. We've got authority in the name of Jesus. So what did Jesus send them to do? He sent them to preach the kingdom of God, and when they preached the kingdom of God, it was confirmed with signs and wonders. Amen? Amen? And that's what we're to be doing. Amen? Amen. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Let's look at this power. Let's look at this anointing and, and authority. Acts 10, 38. It said how God, where did this come from? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And it's the same way with you and I. That same power, that same authority, that same Holy Spirit has been given to you and I. But you got to know your authority. you got to know where the powers come from. Amen? Amen. Said it many times. So many people have this idea of like, they just throw up a prayer and cross their fingers and and hope God is going to do this and that. And yeah, God is sovereign in some areas, but he's given us authority in other areas, but you've got to know that authority, and you've got to step in, and you've got to take that authority. Because the spirit of Antichrist, the devil, he hates Christians. And if you're a Christian here this morning, he hates you, and he's going to do whatever he can to keep you silent, to keep you shut up, so you don't use that authority. When you get born again, he's lost your soul. Right? Your spirit and soul are now going to be in heaven with God for eternity, but he wants to get you to shut up because he doesn't want you to multiply yourself. Save people, save people. Disciples make disciples. But if he can ruin your testimony, right? Bring in doubt. Oh, if I lay my hands on, are they going to get healed or aren't they? Are they, is this person going to reject me or what, right? Cast that doubt in there 
And then it, it keeps us muted so many times. And then we just walk through this life and, and yeah, we're you know, good Christians and, and show up in church and whatnot, but yet we want to be in the army of the Lord. Not just the family of the Lord, but the army of the Lord. That's what I'm getting here this, at this morning. Amen? Amen. The anointing that breaks every yoke. Matthew 11.30, don't turn there. It says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I'm telling you, Jesus is that yoke destroying, not just breaking, but destroying. You think of something that, that literally gets pulverized where you can't even recognize it. It's, it's like taking something and, and, and putting this in a crusher to a point where it gets all the way down to dust, where you can't even recognize that it was once a podium. That's what the, the, the yoke-destroying anointing of Jesus Christ does. It breaks every yoke. It breaks every addiction. You know, 21 or two years ago, no, November 20th of 2001, when I got arrested, Jesus broke that. I don't wake every, up every day and go, man, I hope I don't do drugs today. I hope I don't fail today. It's been, and I'm not trying to mock that. I'm just telling you, I'm not walking in recovery. I'm walking in freedom. Amen. Amen? And there's a big difference with that. I'm not trying to get free, I'm free. And I'm walking from that position and, and that, that uh, uh, standpoint of authority and dominion, but you've got to know your authority. Right. Amen? Amen? When I got first was, was down in Florida, I was taught that, man, you just get born again, and, and when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing it'll be. But from age 28 to, to 90 or whenever I go to be with the Lord, you're going to get your teeth knocked in from here to there. It just didn't even sound right to me. Everything else I had done, I had, I had won in life, you know, as an athlete and, and business and whatnot. And I'm like, okay, I become a Christian and now all of a sudden I'm a loser? No, there is power in the name of Jesus. We are on the offensive. We have dominion. And yes, we walk in love. Yes, we walk in truth. Yes, we do it from a right heart and a right standpoint. But again, there is power in the name of Jesus. And I'm telling you, we got to get this gospel out there. Amen. And signs and wonders, they're the dinner bell. I'm telling you, you get somebody healed, at your workplace, everybody will want what you've got. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 10, verse 17. Supernatural protection, healing, deliverance from demons. Luke chapter 10, verse 17. We, we looked at this already, but, but this is when the 70 came back, and when they returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us, when we use your name. Yes, he told them, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. So you got to think about that. Jesus, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. He was in heaven when Satan got cast out. He knew his authority that he had over Satan. Amen. Satan's a created being. Amen. God is the creator. Yeah. The creation does not have authority over the creator. We're sons and daughters of the creator, and we have authority that's been given to us by God over the creation. I'll give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Amen? Here it is, verse 19. Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Thank goodness he's talking about the spiritual here. I hate snakes. I mean, a good snake is a dead snake in my book. If I'm out mowing and there's a gardener snake, I go mow over a ways away until that joker leaves. And I'm not scared to say it. Amen? I'm not ashamed to say it. I should say that. I, I don't like snakes. Nothing will injure you. Verse 20, it says, but don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. 
Don't just get excited because you've got power and authority over this demonic realm. It says rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. Amen? Amen? So what is this, this saying to us? It's not about chasing the devil and demons around. It's about chasing God. We're God chasers. Amen? But see, if there's something hindering you from your relationship with God, we want to get you set free. Does that make sense? That demonic opposition. We're not chasing the demons. We're chasing God. But as the enemy puts pressure on us because we're putting pressure on him, we want to get rid of that opposition. We want to be free of that. And here's the deal with with, with demons. There's two ditches, right? There's the ditch over here where when you get born again, there's no opposition whatsoever. You know that Satan has been defeated. And your spirit is sealed. But where does he come against? The mind, will, and emotions. He tries to attack your body. When you get sick, cancer, or any sickness, does it attack your spirit? No. Does it attack your soul? No. It attacks your body. But we have authority over that in the name of Jesus. Talked about it with healing. Amen? The other ditch is... There's a demon behind every wall. If I sneeze, there's a demon. If I wear sunglasses, there's a demon. We don't want to get in that ditch either. We want to keep this down the middle. We are God chasers, and we put demons on the run. Amen? With the name of Jesus. A great story, a, a testimony that was turned in by, by Jimmy Levchenko. He, he, he's got an awesome family. Him and his wife, Victoria, have, what, six kids now? Uh, he serves up and in, in, in does the um, slides a lot of the times, but, but he turned this testimony in. Now listen to this. It says, in the beginning of February, I was playing with my kids, and I turned my head too fast, which caused a membrane artery dissection. Apparently, a, a vein broke is what happened there. This led me to having a stroke. Serious stuff. I've been praying in tongues and declaring the word of God during this time. He was doing what he knew to do. As time went on, I knew that I was healed, but I kept having thoughts. Thoughts attacks your mind. A born-again, spirit-filled man was attacked in his mind, kept having thoughts of an aneurysm or another stroke, almost like many panic attacks. During the Wednesday service, Randy preached some faith into me, and I got up to agree. The Bible says when two people agree, it will be done. When I went up, I asked for prayer for healing. Randy prayed two words about healing and then started rebuking the spirit of fear. Amen. The Holy Spirit must have whispered in his heart because immediately I recognized that what I thought before was correct. I am healed. Amen. However, I did not recognize that a spirit of fear was tormenting me. Here's the great news. I have not had a single fear or panic-provoking thought since. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Says this, like, like a blanket was lifted from my body. I've heard other people say that. And it's not about feeling something, but at times when, when you get born again or, or saved or, or set free from something, it does feel like something has lifted up off of you. Amen? Again, we don't chase devils down. But when you're walking through this path of life, and you are on the front lines of, of the army of the Lord, and you're taking dominion and authority, and you're taking territory from the devil, he's going to try to come and attack you like he did Jimmy. Where did he attack him at? In his mind, in his soul, his mind, his will, and his emotions. Does that mean he was demon-possessed? No. Christian cannot be possessed by the devil. Amen. 
influenced, tormented, all this other stuff, sure, buffeted, yes. Banks, uh, uh, Brian Taylor Fechner, there was a story Wednesday night we had of their four-year-old son, Banks, was having night terrors and to a point where he was getting up and, and having nightmares. And, and they came forward on, on March 1st. Pastor Mike had a healing line and, and uh, Banks wanted to get prayed for for healing to, to get delivered of these night terrors. And so four-year-old boy comes forward, gets prayed for. Now we're six weeks later, not a single night terror, not a single night of, of waking up. Amen. That's, that's power in the name of Jesus. So you go, man, how did that demonic or evil spirit influence them and get into their lives? They're Christians. The enemy tries to attack Christians at all costs. What's pastor always say? If he can't get to you, he's after your what? Your seed. That's exactly right. And I'm going to show you some ways that, that we do open up the door to the enemy. But again, sometimes it's just because you're, you're doing the right thing. You're moving forward. You're taking territory. Every time you come to church, you're taking territory from the enemy. He wants to stop you at, at all costs because your neighbors, they're seeing you pull out of your, your driveway at 9 o'clock on Sunday morning. They know where you're going. It's a testimony to them. Amen? Amen? My middle son, Nick, he was battling at 11 or 12 years old, was, was listening to crazy music about the bees and the hoes and all that stuff. And when you put garbage in... What happens? Anger and, and just all this nonsense. And so we cut it off. And I remember one day going out to the basketball court and, you know, he, he tried putting it away, you know, at an 11-year-old does, you know, tried to hide it or whatever and just went up and, hey, Nick, what's going on? Man, these, this, this music, I, I just can't shake it. And I asked him to tell me what's happening. He said, I, I'll just be doing whatever, you know, playing basketball or whatever it is. And these recurring thoughts just keep coming over and over and over, you know, listen to it. Listen, he's drawn to it, right? That's how the enemy works. He's just trying again to get his hooks in. He wants to get a toehold, then a, a foothold, then a, then a stronghold in your life. He wants to take dominion. Right. He wants to take authority. And so we broke that up off of him. We taught him how to take authority and dominion. That authority happens with our words. Back in March for Miracles, we talked about that. There's a miracle in your mouth. We talked about the believer's authority. Again, why it's so important to show up because every week is just layered truths on top of one another. Amen? And brings you to a place of total freedom. My story. When I first came to work here, January of, of 2021, so it's been a little bit over two years now, ago now, First month or two was like honeymoon. Rainbows and unicorns. Best day ever, right? Then all of a sudden, I'm standing in the shower in various places and just having these conversations. I should have said this and why they say that and all this stuff just spinning round and round and round and round. Speaking to it, trying to take authority over it. But it was just, it was just a heaviness. And so one day at the end of the workday, I pulled Pastor Vicky aside and I said, hey, this is what's going on with me. And of course, she ministered to me a little bit and, and, and prayed over me. But then a week or so later, it was when Russ and Cindy Kallenberg had come down. And he had ministered on a, on a Wednesday night service. And, and afterwards, I was down teaching Bible basics to a, a group of guys. And, and she came and got me. And, and we went back over in the hospitality room. And I just shared with Russ what was going on. And, and he shared a story with me. He said, you know, he goes, at the, the height of, of their ministry, when, when things were strongest, when everything was going great and they were moving forward, he goes, all of a sudden I start having these, th these thoughts of I'm unworthy, I'm inadequate, I'm, I'm comparing myself to all these other people. Are those God thoughts? No. no. It's an attack. Why? 
because they're on the front lines. Pastors are on the front lines. They're, the, the enemy's going to shoot darts, right? Try to impact and affect the mind. And so he gave me some wisdom of, of how to overcome those thoughts, but he also prayed over me. And something did break. It wasn't, I didn't feel a thousand pounds lifted off, but something by faith in the name of Jesus, which is what we're talking about, broke over my life at that moment. I did then in the natural what I knew to do and, and took the other steps that he talked about. But again, it was the name of Jesus that broke that, that, that attack that was coming against my life. Wasn't looking at porn, wasn't in sin, wasn't you know, willfully doing anything. It was just an attack of the enemy. Amen? Being a Christian. I'm not trying to give the devil power here this morning. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. He's, he's under our feet, but you've got to know that. That's the key. And sometimes we do get at a point where, like I was, I was like, man, I, I just, I'm not able to fight this off on my own. Just being honest with you here this morning. Amen? But praise God, there's freedom in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So what's the goal here this morning? Total freedom in your spirit, your soul, and a body. Can a Christian be demon-possessed? Absolutely not. You have to understand spirit, soul, and body. Can they be influenced? Can they be tormented? Attacked, oppressed, a stronghold or a bondage? You bet. Wednesday night, I'm going to be teaching out of Lester Summerall's book, a demon's book, teaching the various progressions that we can go through. Possession, no. We were down in, in Austin, Texas for a few days a, a week or so ago, and Melissa and I were out on a walk uh, one morning, and I'm telling you, this guy came up and approached us, and he was demon-possessed. The stuff coming out of his mind, he was not at all in his right mind. And so we just kept walking. I wasn't led to connect with him. I mean, it was a a challenging situation. You've got to be led by the Spirit. Even Jesus was led by the Spirit. You don't step into things. The, the, the seven sons of Sceva, right? They got their, their, their lunch ate, you know? Not saying we couldn't have been prepared or whatnot, but again, you use wisdom with this. How does demonic activity, how can, how can evil spirits enter into your life? Sin is, is a big one. Willful sin. And Holy Spirit, as I'm I'm closing up here this morning. I'm just asking you to minister to the people. And whatever, if there has been an open door, that he will show it to us here this morning. Because what's the goal? Total freedom. Total deliverance. Amen? Walking in that freedom. When I was tormented and attacked, I was not at peace. That's a big way to know. If you don't have peace in your life, there's something going on. Sin is a big way. Occult practices such as divination, witchcraft, sorcery, Ouija boards, tarot cards, palm reading, fortune telling, horoscopes. No big deal. It's a big deal. You play around with the devil, he'll play with you. And just when you walk away, I remember playing light as a feather, stiff as a board, all that stuff, wanting to see stuff. Telling you what, young people are infatuated with the supernatural. And I'm telling you, sometimes we don't, we don't, I don't do a good enough job of being out and, and being the army of the Lord and letting them see the true supernatural, which is the power of God. Healings, deliverances, people getting saved. Hallelujah. Getting them attracted and drawn to the real supernatural. Not through drugs and alcohol and all this other garbage. Amen. Generational curses. These, these curses, of course, we don't live under the curse anymore. But those demons are going to what? They're going to go out 
and then they're going to come back and they're going to see, is this house cleaned, swept and garnished, and is it refilled with the Holy Spirit? If not, they'll come and visit you again. Ignorance. Not understanding your dominion and authority. Just doing things through ignorance. Might be the first time you've ever heard anything like this. I know this isn't your typical denominational church message on a, on a Sunday morning, amen? But we've got to understand the crazy world that we live in. And you've got to understand, you've got dominion and authority, first of all, in your household. You have authority there. But you've got to take that authority. Amen? And finally, I've mentioned it already, for being a Christian, because you're taking territory, the enemy is going to try to attack you. I am not trying to give him any power here this morning. I always say it's like a football team, like God's on one side and I mean, it's the best NFL team that that there is and then the enemy, it's like the peewee football team. God scores at will. We have the victory. We have authority. We have dominion. We are more than conquerors. So again, I'm not trying to give him any place or any power, but if you've given him place and you've given him power by allowing him into your life in one of these avenues, we've got to break that off. Amen? And like I was... I just wasn't able to get it done on my own. Amen? Amen. So I really want you to listen here. If, if you've been sick and the doctors, they have no answers for you. You go to the doctors and they're like, hey, we can't find anything wrong. There's constant stomach troubles or whatever it is. There may be an unclean spirit that's attacking you. Amen. If you've been battling thoughts or, or anything that you just can't shake, like what I was talking about or, or with my son Nick, where these thoughts just come recurring back around and around, and around, and you've done what you know to do, which is the third point. If you've done what you know to do, but yet you still feel like you're under attack, we want to break that off of you here this morning. Amen? Amen? That's right. Hallelujah. Before we do that, I want to make certain that if you're not born again here this morning, that's the first thing, where you step out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. The gospel is the good news. I shared it with you earlier. Jesus came to earth, God in the form of a man. The Bible says this, that the wages of sin is death, that, that Adam back in the garden, he, he disobeyed God, which, which brought sin in, and, and because of his sin, death entered into the earth. And that sin separates us from God. And the wages of that sin is death. Not necessarily physical death, death to relationships, death to your all different areas that you want to bring in. The good news is, is Jesus Christ came and he paid the price for our sins. It says, but God commendeth his love toward us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He paid that price. And he is that that bridge that brings us back to a right relationship with God. That's what you want, a relationship with God your Father. The Bible says that, that God so loved the world. He loves you. He's not here to condemn you. He loves you. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes on him will have eternal life. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning service at 9.30, as well as our midweek service on Wednesday nights at 7. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.